Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors because I've noticed that people that implement those four aspects into their life live happier, healthier, more successful lives on a consistent basis. I want that for my life. I want that for you. That's why I'm sharing it with you here on the podcast. So I get to have amazing conversations like the one I'm sharing with you today, uh, it being Saturday. That's when I share those those conversations with you guys. On Monday, I do gear reviews. On Wednesday, I do solo episodes, maybe a story that I've in, encountered in my own life, an experience I've had, quotes, something along those lines, a shorter episode on Wednesdays. But today being Saturday, I get to share the great conversation I had with Jason Coffrin. Uh, Jason just got done doing the Moab 240, ran more miles in that race than I have run in the last probably couple of years combined. Uh, I'm just not a runner, guys. <laughs> That's just not my thing. But it was awesome having that conversation, getting to to learn a little bit as to why running for him, uh, how that's incorporated into his lifestyle outdoors. He's an angler. He loves to hunt. He's an archer. Uh, he just, he really loves getting outside and obviously doing great things there with the the Moab 240. So before we get into that conversation, I do want to give you a personal invite to the Redbeards Fit Crew on Facebook and First Form Outdoors Facebook group, guys. Both of those groups have great individuals in them that will uplift you as you uplift them create a group environment. Again, that's why we have social media. Remember that, guys. It's for positive involvement with other people that you may not have ever encountered in your entire life if it wasn't for the internets. So I'd love to have you over there, guys. Let them know Redbeard sent you over to the First Form Outdoors group. And then with the Fit Crew, I'd love to have you there as well. We've got challenges going on right now. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of a steps challenge for November. And we've got more coming down the pike. I'd love to have you come join us over there, guys. All of the other show sponsors and affiliates, I'll leave the links down below. Definitely go check them out. They do a great job of supporting us here at the show, sending me, whether it be gear to review or uh, codes for you guys to be able to get discounts on great quality products that I use, and I want to share that with you by providing that discount. So definitely go check out the companies down below, guys. Now... Let's get in to this great conversation I got to have with Jason, and we'll learn a little bit about his mindset there doing the Moab 240 and other aspects of his life that he's incorporated the outdoors, faith, family, and fitness throughout his entire life. Without further ado, here's Jason Coffrin. All right, everyone, I got a great guest here for you today. His name's Jason. Jason has just got done running the Moab, I'm going to butcher it, like 500 miles race, whatever it is. <laughs> Still like five. But, <laughs> right. So Jason uh, loves, he's out of South Florida, uh, loves the beach, loves fishing, but also loves, obviously, endurance running. But uh, a little bit more about yourself, Jason, but you you in a nutshell, what do you want the listeners to know about you? Um. Biggest thing is I'd have to say I take things to the extreme. I, well, I want to. Like, I mean, I we'll get into it, but I just got into archery. And the first thing I did was learn how to shoot my bow. I got lucky. I got to learn from Wayne Endicott and Cameron Haynes. That's pretty lucky. But then I jumped right into my first elk hunt. There was no deer. There was no pigs in town here. It was book an elk hunt and go, you know. That's uh, awesome. Struck out two years in a row, but that that's hunting. Yeah. No, that's what. Sure. I mean, that's why I love it. And that's what I meant by the extreme. You know, if I would have went out to Utah and hired a guide and we walked out back and shot an elk, I probably would have never done it again. You know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have driven out that far from South Florida to shoot an elk. I was like, oh, I'll buy it. You know, it wouldn't have been fun. So, I mean, the running, I got into running in 2019, um, a year after my best friend passed away. Uh, he was an athlete at one time when he was younger. He could have been a professional soccer player. Um, so he was big on that and, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't into fishing, but he would do anything to help me with it. So I was kind of his older professional athlete. So that made it, um, excuse me, I had a call, um, that, that really pushed me to go to extreme on that. And I ran a marathon where he was from in Philly and barely finished that brutal. Like we were just talking about, it was brutal cause I hadn't trained for it, but you know, a couple of years later, I'm doing the Moab 240 and I did finish. 
And I failed two before that. I tried to run my own 50 um, right here in town, um, got to 45 miles and I was done. And then I tried to run a hundred this last February called the Forgotten Florida. That was a real race um, up in Ocala National Forest. Really, really done uh, well race, really put together. But um, I failed that one at 75 miles. So it's kind of funny. Then I go do 240 and I finish. So yeah, it was yeah, there. Yeah. It was there. That's intense, man. 75 miles. I can't imagine saying I ran 75 miles and didn't finish. Like that's, that's a lot of miles, man. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy. Well, that was one thing I didn't want to say about the 240. Oh, I ran 210 and didn't finish. What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to get medevaced out, you know, <laughs> what were you doing? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. So, and then going from South Florida to Moab, I'm sure there's elevation change, right? So that probably didn't help the running at all. No, no, that, that was brutal. Um, you know, it's funny. They're both hot, but I didn't even think Utah got like that. I mean, you're from Utah. I was thinking of the mountains, like on the hunt, you know, it's, it can get really cold. It can get windy. And then all of a sudden it's Arizona. I was like, Oh, okay. The week yeah. out there, I was there the week before and I just took my dogs out running on the red rocks. And I remember getting to those big sliding rocks and I went up the side of one and I was like, that's one. I have to do a lot of those. I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I was, you know, I wasn't sweating, but then I went to use the bathroom and I could tell I was totally dehydrated. I was mm -hmm. like, I didn't sweat yet. Florida, yeah. I'd be soaked and I would know out there. I wasn't, you know, and it went from, went from, you know, 60 degrees in the morning to 90, you know, in Florida, it's already 90 in the morning. You're, you, you got the heat all day. You don't go from, and that was a big jump in the race, you know, cause at night it gave you a little energy. You're cool. You know, you're going, you just got to keep it together. And then all of a sudden it's 90 degrees It's and it's blistering going through a trail. You're like, Oh man. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is not Utah. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. That's crazy. So, so let's kind of back up a little bit here. You said you got into running, uh, when your, your best friend passed away, which I'm sorry to hear about that. That's, yep, I appreciate that's, it. Uh, yeah, that that's rough for anyone. Um, yeah. and so that being the catalyst to get you into, to running because he was an athlete and you wanted to carry on his yeah. legacy. Um, how did you start training for people out there that maybe are, maybe don't want to hit the Moab 240, but want to get into running, what are some things that you started to do that changed um, your path from, you know, no running to 5k to, you know, marathon to now two forties? Uh, well, the, the first thing I didn't have the training down, obviously nobody does, but the first thing was I went to work every day. I got things done, but like in the evening I was just lazy. You know, like when you get out of work, you're like, I'm done for the day and it's five or six o'clock. I don't go to bed till 10 it's like, get something done besides the trash and the laundry, you know? Mm -hmm. And then after he passed away, he had actually just started working with me at my jewelry store. So then that was a real big hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like, you know, I just started to kind of, you know, go for a jog like you did. Like you said, you, you, you go around the block, you, you run a 5k, you know, I started stretching a little more in the morning and I started going to the gym in the evening and, and switching, just switching things up. And then I, I knew I wanted to do the Philly marathon because that's where he was from. And he was one of those, he was a real Philadelphian, you know, like you couldn't tell him anything about his teams, nothing. It was, you know, <laughs> Philly, that's it, you know? Yep. Um, so I wanted to run that and his family still lived there. And I, I really got along with them and I, I still love them to this day. So I got lucky and had a buddy that ran a lot of marathons named Mark. He had done, he had been in the top five in Boston. He'd been, you know, he was a serious runner. So it was kind of a, I'd say, if I think back, I bet you I started running for that one about four or five months before. And he gave me like a little routine. And what it was, was um, it was cool. He, he had me run like two miles every day as fast as I could and then jog another two. And then he just added on. So now run three as fast as you can and do two more. So I was at five. So he basically wanted to build my air up and then make me do the endurance side. So I just kept adding, you know, and then obviously when you get a little farther into it, everybody's built a certain way that you're not going to be able to sprint that much. So I could get up to about five or six where I was really huffing and puffing and then add another five or six. Um, and then I got a lung infection right before the marathon. I was like coughing up like this brown phlegm and I never had that in my life. Mm. Um, 
and I was just coughing up brown phlegm in a September. So then that ruined me. So then in October, I still wanted to do it. And the marathon was in November. So um, he said, just go back to the four, four miles and just run those every day to try to build your win back up because you just wanted to finish. I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't going to win or anything. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. The guy that won did it in two fifteen. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He was going for the record. I don't know if he got the record. I think it was like two Oh six, but it's like, think about that. You, you did it in two fifteen, and sorry, you didn't win. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, but, um, seriously. Yeah. And I did the traditional thing. I got out there. Um, it was pretty cool. I didn't really even know where to sign up because you have like those, you know, you have the, like those tiers. Like if you think you can run it in that certain pace, mm-hmm. well, I, I put it, I went in the back for like the five hour and beyond people, but it was so cool. I did that. Even though I, I ran past them and took off. Like I walked with a lady with her bomb dog that she was in the air force. She had a bomb dog. Uh, I walked with these two guys that they each had, I guess it would have been, this guy had the right leg amputated. This guy had the left and they were walking together carrying American flag. They were in the, you know, they were in the army or something. That's I don't awesome. remember what they were in. Yeah. So I ended up wasting a lot of time. I was talking with them. <laughs> I was petting the lady's dog. You know, I didn't care. Yeah. It was so cool being back there. With there was a guy that did it in a wheelchair. Wow. It's like, yeah, that made me feel that big, you know, <laughs> but then I finally took off and I did the traditional thing where I go too fast and I blew a gasket at about, it was like 16 or 17 miles. Like you, like you would, you know, that 18 mile, I think it's your, what is it? Your lactose or something builds up at 18 that you got to get through. Dude, it, I, if I, I get know. to 18, I'll be all right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was even high-fiving people then. Yeah. And then yeah. I just crashed. And I remember I had to walk a mile. I was done, but there was one thing I was going to do. I was going to finish mm. and I finished in a four fifty four. Okay. It wasn't great, you know, yeah. but I got it done. Uh, Paul's Paul's mother was there at the end. His father, we went and had a traditional Philly steak and cheese. There were other people that knew Paul that were there. It was, it was very cool. But yeah. after that, I think it was just, you know, doing that. And after it, it wasn't all about him, but it was, I wanted to keep that, that weight. I wanted to keep mm-hmm. that weight. I wanted to keep that feel. You know, I'd lost, I'd lost 11 pounds just training for that, you know? And so I wanted to keep that. So I was like, it's like, I don't have to just keep running marathons. I can mm-hmm. do whatever. I can go trail run. I can run the beach. I can try for a hunt. You know what I mean? And then the, then the bow stuff started. Then it got real. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So that's pretty much where it came from. That's cool, man. So yeah. I, that's exciting. And, and, you know, obviously, so you've mentioned a couple of things here as far as uh, some external motivations um, and, and things, but I, I do want to kind of tap into, you know, when you, you blew that gasket, but you wanted to keep going. Uh, what, what was it that kept you going? And then on top of that, you know, you didn't look at that and say, well, I've run my marathon. I'm good. You pushed it even further. And then like you, you mentioned, you failed a couple of times and then you yeah. went even further, like you didn't stop. So what's the internal drive? for you um because there's obviously a lot of external motivators but what's the internal that keeps you going when you're down when there's no one there talking to you your headphones died like what what keeps you going uh 100 not finishing that's it that's it just not finishing it's like you said i'm by myself there's nobody to impress i'm not on instagram live it's not finishing and it's it's the drive right now for the elk i mean i won't quit after i get an elk I may want to get something else because I only get a certain amount of opportunities where I live, but the bow's not going to quit. But right now it's the elk. Like I go outside, I look for an elk in my backyard, you know, like maybe want to walk out one day and I'll pop him and I'll feed all my friends. (laughs) That's the point to the, and we'll get into it. That's the point to the elk thing. I want to share meat with people because I used to do that when I was a commercial fisherman, you know, we used to have barbecues in Costa Rica and it was the best feeling in the world to share a big tuna and have everybody else eat it while I'm sitting back having a cold beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to your question, it's not finishing. Gotcha. It's not, it's so not you would say you, cause there's generally two camps. There's people that love winning more than they hate losing. And then there's other people that hate losing more than the love for winning. So which one do you think you'd fall into? I hate losing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's competitive. It, yeah. But if somebody else is around, I want them to get it too. Like if you, mm-hmm. If, if, if me and you went elk hunting and you got the shot and I had to go home, I'd be just as happy. I know mm-hmm. I'm coming home with a cooler full of meat 
and I was there, you know, mm-hmm. cleaning it. That's a win. Yeah. You know, we both don't get it. Hey, Redbeard, I'll see you in a week. We're going again. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it would be that. So I hate to lose. Cool. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah. It's, it's cool to, to see Cause it, you know, people argue about which one's better. And I, I, I would say that both of them are, are equally driving. Um, it just depends on the person, you know, some people are driven more by that, that kind of that nagging at the back of them, like you don't want to lose. Right. And then wow. other people have the carrot in front of them. That's like, you know, I'm going to win this. This is my thing. So yeah. I, I'd love to hear that. That's awesome. Um, well talk a little bit more, I guess, a little, about, you know, you, you ran that marathon. Um, then you mentioned you, you ran a couple of, are they, they're ultras, right? Anything over 50? Uh, yeah. I mean, a, a, a real ultra is anything over a marathon, mm-hmm. but a real ultra is the 50 mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you'll see sometimes in Europe, you know, they run a lot of 50 K's and technically those are, those are ultras too. Cause what are they? 36 miles, 36.8, whatever. So yeah. Um, so, but yeah, really the 50 mile marks, what they call like an ultra, like destination trail runs and, and all those mm-hmm. big ones here, uh, yeah. they have, they have a 50 and they have a hundred and then they have a Mac daddy or they don't, but they start at 50. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that the official term Mac daddy? That- well, that's mine. <laughs> Cause they, they don't end, you know, yeah. I mean, look at, look at, there's a guy, I don't know his name, but he's trying to shoot for 500. Mm-hmm. Courtney Doe Walter, you know, she's a monster. She tried to do all the 14ers in Colorado and had to get like medevaced out. Well, she was mm-hmm. already at 300 and something. I was on that. So that, you know, the Mac daddy just keeps going. Yeah, no, for <laughs> she's sure. Going beyond the 240 and she's won the 240. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It, you know, even just hearing you say that you were running a marathon for five, basically five hours, like that's, uh, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't even know if they make headphones that last that long. <laughs> I had um I had your airbud. They don't. I oh. had your I had two things of airbods, pods, mm. and then I had two of those battery chargers because I needed mm. I knew I needed something, whether mm. it was an audiobook, podcast, or my my Moab playlist. There was something that needed to just keep kicking me in the butt, you know? Yeah. 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 Something. Cause it got quiet out there. At night, you're just kind of like not really scared, not spooky at all. It's too tired for that kind of crap. Yeah. But like, just, you just get bored. Yeah. You know, like I remember one time where I was on an actual road and that was that big post I put about Cameron Haynes on my thing where, thank you for the book. Thank you for following. Cause mm-hmm. I was on a road and it was weird. I don't know if you can see my hand on the camera. There was a mm-hmm. big mountain we all had to get to, but it was way off to the side mm-hmm. and it was to the right. If you can picture that. And then my next stop was to the left and I was dog tired and I kept looking at that mountain and it was messing with me. Mm-hmm. I checked my map twice. I, I almost walked over to the mountain. Like I was going to go that way because that's where I had to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, why am I going left? And, you know, I was drained. And then I, I really did what the post said. I went to the book and um, I just forgot about everything. And I was like, you know, the map says go this way and go this way. And sure enough, it was a, one of the rest stops or aid station called needles Mm. And it had this giant light that went straight up above the trees, like a big needle. And when I saw that and I had the book, I was like, I'm still good. And mm. then after that, it was, it was cruising. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It can be rough sometimes, especially like if you're, you know, comparing it to a hunt, if you're up there and you're like, man, that, you know, I know they're over there, but I have to go this way first, or you have to lose elevation to gain elevation or, yeah. you know, you have to go the opposite way. It's a little frustrating sometimes. For and sure. how many times do you have to do that on an Elcott? Oh, man. Yeah. How many? Yeah. yeah. When do you just get to walk up to him and shoot it? Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not like that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, that That's awesome, man. So, okay. So we've talked about, you know, you're, you're running and, and you're still, are you planning on doing more runs here in the future? Um, I met a guy that really helped me in the, um, helped me in the run. He was a pacer for somebody else that had to drop out. So they ended up, his two pacers ended up kept helping me, which was awesome. Um, he wants me to do the Coca Dona 250 in May. Mm. All right. <laughs> Where's that one at? That one's Arizona. That's another oh. hot one in May. Yeah. May. Yeah. I guess it's coming up on hot. 
you know, it's starting to get a little warm. And yeah, there, uh, I read the rule, I read the rules and stuff and they said, yeah, it could be hit or miss. And of course I'll be on the hit guaranteed. Yeah. It'd be hot my year, <laughs> but it's two fifty, and it's in May. So mm. I don't, I don't even know if I have the time to take off and get over there, but mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see. He yeah. keeps, I keep getting Facebook messages. <laughs> and all I say is Cocodona question mark. And it's like, yeah, it's two fifty, And I believe the elevation is 38,000 and Moab was 28,000. Mm. I'll be adding 10 more miles, which 10 more miles on that last one would have been just brutal. And mm. 10,000 more feet of elevation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but other than that, um, I don't have one. I think I would do one around the, around elk season next year. I would love to do. I actually signed up. I don't know if I'm getting to Oregon next year and see all my buddies out there, but I signed up for the Bend Oregon one this year in August mm. and I backed out. I didn't even show up because I had locked up and got pretty tight. And I know the main focus was the hunt coming up in two weeks and then the Moab. So I just didn't do it, but mm. that's one of those things we just talked about. See, I signed up. So now it's like, do I fly out there next August and do it? You know, yeah. uh, that's another consideration because my name, see, they keep a record. That's what mm. sucks. And it shows Jason did not finish. He didn't even show up. And it says oh. it next to your name. Yeah. I don't like stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I got a DNS. I think it's did not show. Mm. So that's even worse. Like I sat home and stretched, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. So yeah. right now it's Cocodona and it's called the Bend Oregon 100. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Would be well, rematch. And I love well, that. So. I say good luck on that, man. I'll stick to my five Ks, but uh, you know, <laughs> my internal motivation isn't about running. It's got other things in mind. That's for I sure. I hear you. I hear you. But but that's cool. That that's really cool to hear. And uh, you know, just because you see again, and we kind of said this before we started recording. And uh, again, sorry guys, I I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning of the recording, guys, but um, I'm coming over. I don't know. I got some nasal crap going on. It, the the shift in temperature got me. So if I sound a little nasally, I apologize for that. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, as, as, as running goes, um, I, I think it's awesome that you're accomplishing such great things. There's a lot of big names out there and that's what people see. And, and they think it's unattainable. Um, but genuinely, if you really want to do it, I mean, you said you started back in 2019, so it's been about three years. That's yep. not a lot of time, really. I, three years I is really, not a lot of time. I actually didn't do much. Sorry to cut you off. I no, didn't you're good. do much after that marathon either. So through 2019, we kind of had the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm mean, well, we did have the pandemic. That's when it really got rolling, you know, in 2020 in the beginning. And I was actually, I took up jujitsu. And then um, our jujitsu was in a mall and they mm -hmm. chained the doors shut and I was a white belt. So mm -hmm. I remember looking up stuff online. I even put a mat in my garage and I was like, you know, I'll keep doing this. So everything shut down. And every time I sent like a video or something to my sensei, like, is, is this something I should practice? He's like, no, stop watching that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's there's so much crap online and he's yeah. very good at what he does. But um, I just kind of got like, well, what do I do? You know? And then I was like, you know what? I walked out the garage door and I took off running and then I started up again. So I'd say after the marathon, I didn't start back up till maybe the next April. Mm, okay. Yeah. Maybe the next April. And then I got going and then that was yeah. it. I I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And, and then your, your nine to five or your day job, are you still fisher? You mentioned, uh, you mentioned you were a commercial fisherman. Um, yeah. You... Um, I actually, I mean, I've been fishing all my life. My, my dad, it was a hobby of his, like everybody hunts and has a job. He owned the jewelry store. Um, and he was a hunter and a fisherman, but I think I got more into the fishing side early because he never did any hunting here. There's not much, mm -hmm. you know, he'd go to South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. So as a kid, I can walk down to the Bay or I can drive to Georgia. Well, you know, yeah. that, that's where that got, but I've been fishing all my life. I actually lived in Costa Rica for 11 years. Um, it was one of these same things as the, um, as the runs, um, I got into a serious car wreck in 2006 and I had back and hip surgery. I broke a hip mm. and I, uh, pulled a vertebrae almost completely out of my back. Ooh. So like dislocation to the max, they had to slide it back in and they had to cut a disc out, uh, wow. shave the disc. 
Um, and then I also broke my hip, but I broke it in a way I dislocated it. So it came out so hard. It, I don't know all the terms, but it broke out of the socket. So it broke the yeah. sides of the socket. Well, I was laying, I was laying in bed for seven months on Oxycontin and sitting around. This was much earlier than the running, obviously. Mm. And I just came up with a plan that I wanted to, and I'd already been to Costa Rica and saw a friend and ran his boat for a couple months. So I had a taste of it. I said, I want to buy a boat and move back down there and, and do this. And my mom's like, yeah, sure. Uh, she came by to check on me one day. I had a giant erase board that I had somebody bring over. Mm. I had the whole business plan on the dry erase board and I'd already bought a boat through a wire transfer. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going by 2008. I was gone in one year. Yeah. I bought an old Boca Grande tarpon boat and I turned it into a 24 foot Marlin boat, which is kind of unheard of for the size in the Pacific compared to, you know, your 50 Vikings and your eighties and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I moved down there and I was down there for 11 years. I have an inshore and offshore world record. Um, I wrote magazines for three different continents, Panama, us and Australia. I did several TV shows and then I moved to Panama and lived on an Island for four years. And then, one day it was like after, so that would have been about 13 years. It came out to about 13 years. So I was in Panama for about three. Um, one day I woke up and uh, didn't want to do it anymore. Didn't want to do the prep. You know, that's when you know you're done. You know, like fishing was still exciting, but it takes me about three months to get ready for a season. I didn't want to do it. I had to haul all my fuel out to the island. You know, you have to prep all your food. You have to book all these things. Uh, you, you have to pull your engines out of your boat and their diesels. You have to rebuild them every year. And I was just like, no, it's been nope. 13 years. Like, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. And then that was, uh, even my best friend that we were just talking about, Paul had passed away. He moved, he quit his job and left his entire life twice just to help me out wow. down there. Yeah. I came twice when I was in real trouble. Um, but yeah, just one day I didn't want to do it anymore. I mean, st I still have a love for fishing, but I just, didn't want to do it down there. So I moved mm. home and I, I took over the business. All right. We're going to take a brief intermission here and I'm just going to reach out to you guys and let you know this time of year, a lot of people are looking at getting a new bow set up. I want to give a shout out to a couple of the main things that I use on my bow. One, the strings, a three archery best in the business. They use a bloodline fiber, or if you're into the 452 X, uh, strings, they sell those as well. Definitely go check them out. Again, links down below, guys. We'll save you some money on ordering those strings. He makes them all in-house, very high-quality control, great business, great, great company. So definitely go check out A3 Archery Strings if you're getting a new bow set up. Um, by today, I will have shot the newer bows that I'm looking at uh, for this upcoming year, and I'm really excited to kind of bring you guys that review, my thoughts on the new bows, uh, if it's worth upgrading your system. Also, if you're looking for new stabilizers, go check out Quattro Archery again. Uh, guys, they are the best stabilizers in the market, best ones that I've tried. I run them on my bows. I love the way they look, the way they function. Top of the line, go check out Quattro Archery. Right now, they're running a sale uh, that's better than my discount code, so I'd recommend going and using uh, their sale on their website. Get a full setup of the Vulcan Pros. Clean and function amazing. Guys, go check them out. Great great company. And last but not least, of course, the bow hitch. If you're looking to not have to carry your bow or even put it down, maybe while you're glassing, you don't want to have to put it on the ground, getting it all dirty, getting the cams dirty. Uh, just go check out the bow hitch. Uh, Armando is a great guy. Him and his crew do great work. Uh, the bow hitch is an awesome piece of archery equipment that just slaps on the side of your bow. And it's a little hook that will hook to your shoulder strap Go check out their site for more information. Now back to our conversation. Gotcha. Was yeah. it a lot of touristy stuff that you were doing or, or um it was it's it's a mix, you know. Yeah. Um it's it's a definitely a mix. I'm getting the tourists from the hotels, the daytime charters, you know, they book you the night before, something like that. But then I got a lot of the serious anglers. I mean, the guy, excuse me, the guy I caught the offshore world record with, he was actually now I can't quote myself on this. I believe he owned the Miami Herald Tribune, hmm. uh, but he was a big bill fisherman. He had a boat called the get lit on the other coast of May. And he traveled the world uh, for the IGFA, which is the international uh, game fish association. Um, he tried to catch all the billfish the fastest. 
So like he traveled the whole world trying to catch uh, the blue marlin, the black marlin, striped marlin, white marlin, and two kinds of uh, spearfish or three round mm-hmm. scale, long nose, short nose. There's, there's, all, I, there's 11 total. Mm. And Did he, he tried it? to go around the world the fastest and catch them all. And he got the striped marlin and the Pacific sailfish with me. So that was very cool. he, So he only yeah. got two or? No, he got those two with okay. me. Those are the species we were going. We have available in my area, black marlin, blue marlin, uh, sailfish and striped marlin. Mm. But he got the, he ended up getting those two with me. So he traveled the whole world. He got them all. I think, he, and he got the world record. That's why I call it. I got a offshore world record. I was part of it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's but, awesome. But I would get, I would get serious anglers like that would book me like a week, week and a half. Mm. So I had a mixture. Yeah. And would you stay out? Do you come back in every evening or how does we that can, work? We come back uh, in Costa Rica. We come back every evening, um, full day offshore charter. We'd leave seven, seven thirty. Everything was provided and we'd come back five or six o'clock in the evening. Mm. Uh, I've hooked Marlin in the afternoon where we got home at midnight. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> They would stay down, you know, and it's just like, I, I'm not going to give up. I love it just as much as the client. That's why I'm there and they don't want to break the line. So, you know, yeah what we got to do and then in panama the guests actually came out to the island another guy named eric had a little uh, resort out there and we all stayed there together and i stayed on the boat right there on the, at the beach that's awesome yeah, yeah it's very cool so that is cool yeah, yeah i you know so i had an experience uh, i want to say it was two years ago my wife got me for my birthday she thought it'd be cool to send me uh paragliding with the with the go-karts where you know you take off you're sitting in front of the driver, basically. Yep. It's got a big fan behind him. And, uh, you know, we're wearing our headsets. You're kind of sitting almost in like a hammock. Yeah. Where you kind of, you know, it flows with it. It's not a solid seat. Yeah. Well, you know, I get up there and, I, you know, I'm thinking it's cool. Like, it's not really my thing, but, <clears throat> excuse me, my my wife thought it'd be awesome. So, hey, okay, cool. You know, yeah, she's yeah, it's with it. I'll, I'll go yeah. up there and do it. And, well, about 30 minutes into the ride, um, I just hit the cold sweats and I was like, <laughs> what's wrong with me? And yeah. then like, I just start feeling nauseous and I was like, what? And so like, I, you know, I radio back to him like, Hey, I don't want to puke on you. So like, where would be the best place to puke if I need to puke? Right. And, uh, and, and he was like, what's going on? I said, I, I've never been motion sick in my entire life. This is yeah. probably what is going on. So he turned around and you know, we were 30 minutes out. So it's another 30 minutes back. And, uh, we oh, he went all the way back. Side. Yeah, yeah, without oh. puking. Um, but yeah, we we uh it was a lot of deep breathing. Like I was using my breathing techniques that I've practiced when I'm doing like yoga or whatever there meditation. Uh, but I made it back, I hit solid land, and I'd seriously like I walked like five paces away from the go-kart and I just laid down like the world was spinning. Wow. And I was like, I like what in the world? So I'm assuming that that's gonna ruin me for deep sea fishing. Um, how do you know much about that? Like if you get motion sick on rides and stuff, does that affect you on the deep sea fish and stuff? Um, it, it might, I, I would have to say that's all depends on the person. The mm. best thing I've told people, um, is you take a full, uh, like if you can handle Dramamine, take mm. a full one the night before okay. and then, uh, be very hydrated. Uh, Cause number one thing, a lot of people, I mean, let's face it. They come down to Costa Rica. They're not hydrated. <laughs> yeah. They're drinking a lot, they're which drinking. I don't drink. Yeah. So, you know, so that's, that's part of, well, there you go. So I would tell you to take one the night before and then um, take one, take about a half in the morning with a big glass mm. of water. And usually people can pretty much level out with that without being okay. drowsy. And that's why I take, tell them to take the big one the night before mm. get drowsy, go to bed. It's like taking a Benadryl, get a great night's sleep and then take a little bit of one in the morning. You know, mm. and it almost like it brings out the one you took the night before in mm. you, almost like it's saved up. Like it, it feels, it, it levels people out. And the other thing gotcha. is just watch the horizon. Yeah, you know, level on it. It'll almost look like ground to you, and then you're fine. Mm. Yeah, cool. That's usually what works. Because I, yeah, I've, I've wanted to, I want to go out and try it. I've, I've been invited on a couple trips, and I'll eventually get out there. But I just like we went to Legoland. Uh, this what was it two weeks ago now, and time flies. Um, anyway, for my son's eight year old birthday and, uh, and I couldn't even do the kitty rides, dude. Like I started feeling it. no joke. Like I refused to get on the teacups. Cause after I had done a couple of the, the kid, like the mini roller coasters on the turns is when I get it. 
And so like, I had to like focus on my kid. Yeah. And as long as I had a solid point to focus on, I was okay. But if I was looking up at all, man, yeah. like the world starts rolling. I'm like, man, yeah. I got broke when I was 28. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and, and see, I don't do great on rides either. So, but I've never been, had a problem on the ocean. So it's just mm. the person you may, yeah. you may hop on a boat and it's terrible out and you're the only one laughing and joking. Everybody else is sick, you know? Yeah. So, mm. yeah, I think that just tells me it's, it's the person. Now, have you ever been a little woozy or anything way up in the mountains hunting? No, no. Mm -hmm. See, there you go. And I and I and I was like uh, both hunts. They were high up. Uh, they they were up in the Uintas at about eleven thousand mm -hmm. feet. When you're you know when you're actually hunting, and the first two days of both hunts, I felt like crap. Mm -hmm. Both days, gotcha. and I was fine. I leveled out, but the first two days, it was like, oh yeah. man, what am, what am I doing up here? Right. Then I was like, oh, wait, I'm elk on. Suck it up. <laughs> I'm elk you back in the gear. Yeah, I'm yeah. not working. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had. And even like, I've never had car sickness before this. So anyway, I just figured I'd ask you because you've been yeah, out yeah. Sure, with a lot of people. And um, oh, I've had yeah. fishermen just destroy themselves out there mm -hmm. and they weren't drinking. They're just, it's just awful. You can tell they're just energy wasn't there until they got a fish. And then once all that excitement died down, they're back to like, all right, I'm going to sit over here. You can already tell, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's so, awesome. It's the person. What, definitely. What's your favorite fish? So first of all, I want to highlight this. This is something that I didn't realize until I've spoken with people that, you know, that that go out and they charter boats and stuff and yeah. um, and are big time anglers that it can take hours to reel in a fish. Now, just thinking about hours oh, yeah. like this, that's an endurance game in and of itself. 100 percent. Yeah. So so how what's maybe the longest um I don't even know the terminology, man. You're going to laugh at me, but like the real, the longest time reeling longest a fish. Fight? In. Um, mm -hmm. Mine, mine was, um, mine was definitely on a Marlin that we ended up losing. Unfortunately at the very end, um, it was all day. We got him first oh, thing man. in the morning and it was the whole charter. We got him right when we got out to a spot, we ran into a bunch of bait. We hooked up, he dove down. Um, my guess, he probably wasn't even hooked. He was probably, um, hooked around the snout, which happens mm. where the lure can go around the line and get around his nose. And so he felt no pain. Mm. So it was just tug of war. And when he's six, 700 pounds, yeah, forget yeah. it. And you're on, you're on 50 pound test. I mean, yeah, mm. you can pull, you can almost pick a person up with, with 50 pound tackle. Cause it's big, yeah. but it's no match for him. If he doesn't have any kind of pressure and he could have been tail wrapped and that's even worse. Yeah, because then it's on his tail, and he's got his whole body to fight mm -hmm. you. We never got to see him except for the jump in the beginning. But it was, uh, we broke him off in the evening, and we hooked him at like eight o'clock. So it was like a twelve-hour day on one fish. And and you didn't even get the fish, man. That's no. The, and he never gave up. Head. He never no. gave up. It was still at at six o'clock in the evening when he popped off. It was still full on spinning the boat and chasing him and doing everything we could. Yeah. Man anglers switching places and, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. is that the whole family yeah. fought that one <laughs> so yeah that's awesome so yeah. yeah so it's not one person that fights the fish generally i mean you can't be there for 12 hours really oh, in a fish. It, there there's anglers that'll do it like that guy that i said uh his name is kit tooney um he's the one that traveled the world he mm -hmm. he wasn't i mean he was a he's not a professional angler but if there was a professional angler he would be one mm -hmm. and he would have never let anybody touch the rod He'd have okay. fought that fish all day if he had to. Yeah. Was it, he in shape in IGFA, or was he just determined? Uh, determined, and it doesn't count as a catch if anybody else touches the rod. Mm. In the real world record stuff, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. So, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So what would be your favorite fish to go after? Oh, the marlin. Yeah. Just yeah. the sport fish. Is, does it eat pretty well? It actually does. Okay. Yeah, it does. Um, a lot of people don't keep them because they don't have the capacity to keep them. I mean, they're, mm. they can be 12 feet long. You need a crane to get them out of the, the back of the boat. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, uh, I've, I've had them die on me where we literally fillet them in the boat and it takes the whole drive home to do it. You don't even have enough people to give it away to, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, you don't want them to die. Um, it's the way you can, uh, excuse me. Um, you're not fishing for them. You're hunting for them. You know, you mm. can go all, it's like, it really reminded me of elk hunting when you're going for a Marlin because you can go all day and you you're getting one shot. If mm. any, you know, a big Marlin's coming up, he's hitting one of your baits. Um, he's hitting one of your big lures. 
he's not coming back and you're probably not seeing another one that day, mm. especially where I was at. I mean, Costa Rica's real abundant with them, but they're very solo. They're very, they're, they're, they're a bull elk. Yeah. yeah. A big Marlin is a bull elk. You're, you're going to get, you're going to get him and you know, you miss, you're, you're obviously not walking around the next mountain. Oh, there's another one. Let's do this. Yeah. No, it's the same thing. So that's probably why I like it. And then he's, he can be a thousand pounds the way they hit trying to release them. Everything's chaos that it's the whole thing. So definitely the Marlin. Man, I can't imagine a thousand pound fish. Like I, I enjoy bass fishing, topwater bass or, or fly fishing trout. Like that's my, <laughs> imagine that's a my lure the size of the bass sitting on the surface yeah. and just getting sucked under and just gone. Yeah. Mm. Do you do topwater or is it, is it hard to do topwater? Um, actually almost all of it is, is actually surface. So you're trolling really? and you've got, you know, you got your outriggers out and that mm. would be your long baits. So they'd be way back. They'd either be lures or like a frozen bait. Um, and then that would be your lighter tackle. Um, unless you're in a place like Madeira or something off Spain where it's all big Marlin, everything would be large tackle. And then off the transom of the boat, each corner, you'd have a rod and you, you call them your short baits left and right. And you'd be trolling a larger lure with a big hook. Mm. Yeah. So it's all surface. They come to the surface. And the only time you're really under the surface is live bait. You want to get one of them down and then you still put one on the surface. So you're, you're trying to hit the water column if gotcha. you've you got live bait. But lures, it's almost all on the surface unless you get into all the dredges and all that. And I just didn't have the manpower. That's just, that's a whole nother level. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. So, well, that's awesome, man. I, uh, yeah, I, I've thought about it. I just haven't made the the or pulled the trigger on it yet. Cause that's there you go. Well, if yeah. you ever if you ever do one of those trips, definitely text me. I've I've still got the guys. I would no, set you sure. right in a beautiful place. If you're taking your wife or whatever, you guys would have a blast. I've I've been all over. I've been to Fiji. Um, I've done uh, Lago Mera, Spain off Africa. I've done just about all the Bahamas. I've done El Salvador, wow. uh, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. Uh, yeah, I've, I've done Australia. I've, I've been a lot of places. That's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. That, that's really cool, man. That, that yeah. seems like yeah, it's taking you around, you know, I, I guess it's kind of like for me, like when people come out and they see the Rocky mountains and you're like, man, how do I tackle that? That's kind of how I, I look at the ocean. You know, it's like, oh, there's yeah. so much ocean, you know, and, and probably way more so than there are mountains. Right. And sometimes I even get overwhelmed by the mountains you know? Yeah. So it's, it, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of water to tackle. Yeah. And isn't it, I mean, when you run one of those mountains or hike it, isn't it the most amazing thing being at the top? There's mm -hmm. something about it. It's like being on the ocean. It's like getting out there as the sunrise. Once we get out to the fishing grounds, we're putting the, the, the actual lures in and getting ready. It's like getting to the top of the mountain. It's like, all right, now we're hunting. We got here, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. It's the That's same really kind of cool. feeling. Yeah. So right, so right now you've you've left that life yep. or that career yep. behind. It's, it's done, done, done. <laughs> yeah, you're running the jewelry store. I am. Um, yep. And then what do you have as far as uh, like I guess I mean I was going to say hobbies, but you've kind of already explained those. You like to run, you like to yep. hunt, and you like to fish. Do you do much hunting down in in Florida? I I don't, but I realize now. I mean, it's even hit me even harder how hard it is to get an elk and how hard it is for me to get out there and do it. Um, I'm definitely going to look into some deer hunting this next year, maybe like Iowa or even Georgia. I'm going to do more. Um, I'm I know some people that own land out here that would love to get some hogs off it, oh, yeah. and then I know some other guys that can hook uh, cook hog amazing. So it's kind of like, let's put these guys together and let me be the hunter. And you know, so I'm going to do more. Go. I haven't done any here except for with my dad as a kid, we've done deer hunting and pig hunting and Turkey, but I mean, now it's, it's almost solo the bow and I just got to do more research. It's there, you know, yeah. I mean, North Florida has got uh, every year they've gotten bigger and bigger deer. I see pictures. I'm like, that's Florida. They're like, Oh yeah. You know, they're starting <laughs> coming to over from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let me get an Alabama deer here in Florida. I'll take it, you know, but you yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to ex expand that from the elk cool i, sh yeah, I should have started with elk but <laughs> yeah you know i mean it is what it is and that, that's pretty cool that you were willing to jump in with two feet and your whole body pretty much into hunting yeah. there and um, loved every minute of it yeah but with so with pigs i mean i so i went down to florida or sorry to to texas and um and i got a couple pigs and brought them home and honestly like i would say it's probably just easiest throwing a crock pot 
with your favorite sauce and shred it up and just throw it in tacos, throw it over rice, throw it, you know, you throw it over toast, mix it with eggs. Like there's so many things you can do with shredded yeah. pork, you know, I didn't even think mixing it with eggs. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they don't really have bacon, you know, cause they're so lean. Yeah. Um, but that's really all I did. I just, you know, crock pot the shoulders and, uh, and, and the, you know, the back straps. So Sweet. that's really that's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Leave it in yeah. all day. Come back oh. home. Your house smells good. You got food. Um, yeah, it's, yep. it's good, but, uh, that's cool, man. Very cool. So yeah, I'm going so, to get more into that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so right now, I mean, what, what are maybe some of your goals over the next year, six months, as far as hunting is concerned, uh, and then maybe even fishing, like, are you, have you kind of hit all your check marks with, with angling or do you have some other stuff you're wanting to do? Um, there's two things and I don't want to sound like cocky or anything like that. There's two things in fishing I haven't done. I mean, I've done, I've done conservation talks. I've, I've worked a charter desk where I book people and I'm not even fishing. I've done commercial. I've worked for private boats. I've worked for charter boats. I've ran my own boat. I started my own business. I've, I've failed. I've succeeded. The only things I haven't done was funny thing is I've never had a charter business here in town. So I, I left to do that. So I actually, I'm about to sign the papers on a brand new uh, tarpon boat and you're more than welcome to come down. We got to get you down here to do it. That's awesome. uh, yeah. I do that May and June tarpon come into the coast and though think about a hundred pound bass. That's what a tarpon is. Google okay. that after we're done and look that up. It's all yeah. sight casting and crystal clear water. It's amazing. Mm. And I got a brand new bay boat coming um, that a buddy helped me out, get started. And I'm going to do that. Um, I started last year and I just took friends out to see if I really wanted to do it. And I had a blast with them. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Um, and then a new thing that came up, I'm actually going to test my test the waters in the bass circuit. I'm going to see what That's I got awesome. with that. I've, I've bass fished my whole life. My dad was a bass fisherman. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to, uh, Oak, Lake Okeechobee's the biggest lake in Florida. That's only an hour and a half from me. And they mm -hmm. have, I don't know how many tournaments down there. So it's going to be easy getting involved. It's obviously not easy to succeed. It's really mm -hmm. hard, but, uh, to get involved, I, I got to sign up for BASS and, start signing up for the local stuff and see what I can do. And I'm already converting my little uh, flats boat into a bass boat. That's so awesome. that's the hobby side. And then I'm turning the tarpon thing. It's a hobby. I love to do it. And I love to take people out, especially that haven't done it. Uh, that's a job. And it's only May and June. So it's, you know, you get ready for it in April. Um, I go at it hard May and June, and then I shut her down after. So it's not really going to affect life and it's, it's going to be fun. So those are the two new endeavors. And then that's awesome. You know, this guy trying to get me to do 250. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I may just block him and be like, oh my gosh, hey, how you doing? Right after it. You know, how'd you do? <laughs> I didn't have service for six months, you know. Ghost him. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Why we yeah, were talking I, right here, I just swiped this message on my phone over here. I was like, nope. <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know, man. The the whole the whole running thing just doesn't appeal to me. I don't get it. But you know, it's cool that. It's cool that it appeals to to other people. Oh yeah, you know, for yep. sure. But you got your ways to get ready for your hunts and stuff, you know, and yeah. it's working. Even mm -hmm. if you like, even if you yourself started to enjoy running, you might realize it doesn't work for you. You yep. might lose a bunch of weight, and you're like, I'm not packing animals out like I was. I'm going back to what I did. You know, mm -hmm. you you never know. And yeah. I've never gone in. I've never gone into the woods another way. You know, so. I don't know, but I enjoy it. And it, you know, I enjoy it in both ends. I, I definitely love being in shape for elk season. It yeah, does sure. make it easier, especially as a new guy. Cause you're, you're just all over the place. Oh yeah. So, so my, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to say my guide would like turn around and I'm like 200 yards the other way. Cause I see something and he's like, get back here. You know, I did a lot of extra walking. <laughs> let's put it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you too, you sent me some shirts. Um, and the one I, I really like that, that obviously I like OD green, you know, Yeah. Um, but the, the one that says project six on it yep, and not entitled on the front. Talk to me a little bit about project six. Yeah. There you go. Right, that shirt right, right there. there. That's yep. the new ones. I'll have to get you one of these black ones. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about the, the project, the project six. What's that? Project six is a buddy of mine's gym right here in town. It's a real small private gym. 
Um, he's actually looking for more trainers. He's got like those, you know, those, you'd probably know the better name for it. You know, those rogue setups where they have the bench, uh, the clean, yep. clean, they have everything up there. Um, he just, he's, he's worked for other gyms forever and he finally opened his uh, own gym and it's called project six. His name's Clayton Waite. I mean, his literally his last name's Waite. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but, uh, he has a gym and he kind of just, um, we had a friend relationship and then we had a working relationship with his gym and he just, uh, one day just started training me. Um, what we do now is we, we do one day a week together and that's my heavy day. So I, okay. I always, even though as a runner, I wanted to implement a heavy day, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, if I didn't do it, it, it has to be done. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I work out seven days a week. So I see him on Wednesdays and we really work on form because of the injuries and the running. And, and we, we try to, we, we want to, we, we go for a PR every Wednesday. So um, he's helped me out a lot with that. Um, he's got me in multiple times when he's overbooked, he still gets me in. It doesn't matter what happens in his life. So when I made these shirts, they're actually my fishing shirts. I was like, it's kind of a shot out back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the project six. That's his that's logo cool. and his business. Yeah. So, I mean, does it have a, a significance, the six or, you know, I mean, is that, what's the, the, I, I don't know that it? I'd have to ask okay. him. I'll find that out. I've never, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm one of those weird people that I'm, I'm like, you know, there's gotta be a reason. And sometimes there's not well, there is, like, and, and with him, there is a reason hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I don't like know. With tattoos, you know, I ask him, I'm like, Hey, what's the, the mini mouse you have? And usually it's, it's a cool explanation. Sometimes I've had people yeah. that are like, I just thought it'd be cool. I'm like, okay, that's great. That's awesome. Like, whatever. I'm glad doesn't you matter asked to me. I will actually find that out and I will do a post on Instagram for him and explain nice. it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. I'm glad you asked I, that. I, I do like the not entitled. I, I did get a lot of looks on, on that, you know, because it, it's kind of one of those things that like people you don't think about and it kind of stands out. Um, yeah. but it also kind of sends that message of like, you know, I work for what I've got. You know. Yeah. And that, that was the whole point for it. Um, it goes with, I mean, I didn't have the idea of the not entitled when I was in Costa Rica, but you have to realize like just to get fuel, my boat was too big to get to the dock. So mm. we had to fill 55 gallon drums and roll them down the road at oh. four and five, sometimes a thousand pounds. We had to roll them down mm. the street and then we had to bring them upright. And then we siphon the fuel with our mouths. I didn't have a fuel pump, you know? <sighs> Um, I lived in a, in Panama, I lived in a boat yard and my bed was, I pulled a bed out of an old boat and I redid the cushions and I lived on a bed for four, for three years. So it's like work for it, you yeah. know, and that's where it came from. Cause I wanted it. And it was like, we were talking about before when you first, when we first, uh, before we turned this on, it was when the headphones are dead and you're out there by yourself, why are you doing it? That's what I want. You know, I wanted to say I didn't just catch a marlin. I traveled to another country with a boat that didn't belong in marlin fishing, mm -hmm. and I did it. And now I have friends all over the world because of it. I, I can, I can pretty much, except for the Orient, I could travel almost every continent and stay with a buddy. That's awesome. Yeah, and sleep on the couch. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Just because really of cool. that. Just because of that. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Um, I mean, like, let's say I had money and I just hired them. I would have still been clients, but because I did what I did in social media, it was the work, you know, and they're all older than me. They're all 10 times more experienced. They've been doing this for years, but they mm -hmm. wanted to be around somebody that lived on a couch in a boatyard in Panama, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I came up with this, um, kind of, kind of in the middle of the elk. Uh, I wanted to start the tarpon up again. So, and people love it. Like we got a place here called the celery field. It's the one hill we have. And there's people out there. If they see the shirt, a lot of times I give them the one off my, you know, they mm. give the shirt off their back saying, yeah, yeah. like, where do I get one of those? And I had no sales platform. I, I was like, here you go, bro. I'm out. You know? And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I would wash it, but here you go. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, but um, I've noticed working people really like it. Like you said, you loved it. Um, you know, you work hard on your, with your family and I can tell with your Instagram, with your kids and, and all that. And then your job, um, we have a grocery store here called Publix. It's our big mm. chain of grocery stores. I walk in there, I get five or six compliments from the staff there a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like the stock boy, you know, love your shirt, man. You can just tell people that are 
a construction worker that's waiting for a sandwich in the deli. He'll turn around and then he'll look again and be like, bro, that's sick. Yeah. You know? yeah. And he's pointing at my chest. So it, it's really kicked off with that. So I got to get it going. And then um, I sold these shirts. I still do. But when I ran for Spike Canine Fund, that's who I ran for when I did the 240. Mm. I donated money for people that purchased shirts too. So it was kind of the kind of all intertwined. I'm trying to put it all together. So that's awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. yeah well, we can definitely leave that. I mean, you say you've got a website for them for people uh, to go buy I do. Them? I, do. Yeah. I don't, I got to check the say, the platform again. Yeah. Um, Instagram or um, I got the uh, store on Instagram finally, but they keep changing the rules. Mm-hmm. There's all those updates. So I got to go do that again, but um, it's Mr. Trigger sport fishing.com. Cool. I've got them on there. And I think I just have the sales platform back to Instagram. So if you click on them, I got all the pictures up. You can get it, but the other way, DM me and I'll make sure somebody gets one, but I've got all the payment platforms and all that too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'll, I was just going to say, we'll leave that link down below so people can go get them. Cause I really do like the shirt. It's a good quality shirt. Yeah. Um, it, it's got a good soft feel to it, but also durable at the same yeah. time. Like, it, yeah. You know, yeah. I so. like them. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. All right, man. Well, is there anything that you wanted to leave with the listeners that maybe we didn't bring up or, or anything that maybe you'd want to shout out or, or even for yourself, something you want to leave? Um, I would say, I would say everybody's got that little goal or big goal um, in the back of their head. I would say, give it a try. Just do it. There, there's somebody out there, you know, there's somebody that's working in a grocery store that wanted to be a lawyer, go online and try online classes first or, Better yet, go your community college and, and do your basics again. Um, you know, get that. You got a bow. You bought it four years ago and you haven't shot it yet. There's somewhere to shoot it. You know, there, there's a bow range somewhere. Go out and shoot it and sign up for a hunt. You know, even if it's five years from now, put up put $100 a week away. You know, not everybody can afford a hunt. They're not the cheapest thing in the world, you know, especially for an out-of-stater. Whew. You know, um, whatever it is, that running goal. Like we were talking about before, go out and run the block and then do it. Sign up for a 5K with a bunch of people. I, I couldn't believe how many uh, savages I met in that 240. You know, it was mm-hmm. awesome. You wouldn't think they were out there. And then even at the end, the people that didn't run it, they, they like when I finished, um, they were telling me about ones that they are going to do. And it's like high five and they can't wait to sign up for them, you know? And they, they sat there all day and watched everybody come in. So they were trying to motivate themselves. I would just say, go for what it's ever in the back of your head. That's the biggest thing. That's awesome. That brings and, out know, the not titled thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I just want to kind of touch on that as well. Cause, and I don't think I highlighted this and people might've missed it, but just kind of going back to how you got in a wreck to the part where you literally broke your back and your hip and you just ran a 240. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that you were out there, wrangling fish and you've been hunting in the mountains out here out west and you're running marathons excuse me you're running the 240 and uh you're overcoming that injury you didn't sit back and gain a ton of weight and just say yeah well this is my life now this sucks you know you you had a goal you put it on a board you made it physical you made it you spoke it and uh then you made it happen so you know kudos to you man and uh, I, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you being on. I'm going to leave the links down below, guys, for anyone that wants to check Jason out and his journey and what he's doing. Uh, maybe go buy a shirt or two. They're awesome shirts and uh, support his his deal. And then if you're down in Florida uh, and you want to go go after tarpon or whatever, whenever uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to butcher the fish's names. But tarpon. if you want to go fishing, go. No, you actually <laughs> said it right. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do any kind of fishing go talk to Jason. He'll guide you in the right direction. So, um, but yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate you being on. And uh, I think we'll just, we'll end it here. So um, thanks so much. And as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. Another great conversation in the books, guys. I'm so happy to share this one with you. Uh, Jason is just an awesome dude. Normal guy like you and me that's pursuing his passions, whether it be with angling, with hunting, and now, you know, having run the Moab 240, as awesome accomplishment. My hat is tipped to you, sir. So guys, go check them out. I'll leave the links down below. If you want to pick up a shirt, 
If you want to uh, just go check Jason's content out, uh, what he did with the Moab 240, etc., go check it out down below. Again, let me remind you, come join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors Facebook group, guys. We are growing. I'm loving seeing the growth. We're doing challenges, giveaways, and just building a great community of people that are like-minded, really enjoy getting in the outdoors, bettering their health, living happier, healthier. I mean, come on, guys. You can't really beat that. Keeps you away from all the other BS that's going on out in the world today and just focusing on bettering yourself. So let's let's get after it. Looking forward to seeing you over there. Hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. Make memories, spend time with loved ones, and of course, get out, live your life, and love it.